Hello and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Joel Harrison. I'm Editor-in-Chief of B2B Marketing. and I'm delighted to be joined today by Scott Stockwell from IBM. Um, and we're going to talk about um, global content marketing or content marketing more generally, but with a particular kind of angle towards global. Um, and um, just by way of introducing the topic, I mean, if you're in B2B marketing, you shouldn't really need much introduction to B2B, uh, to, to content marketing rather. Um, it's been around with us for an awfully long time. I'm Long, I'm old enough to remember a time, and Scott might be, but he looks far younger than, than that, um, to when, when there was sort of question mark about uh, whether content marketing was relevant. But these days, it's such a massive part of everyone's um, objectives and what marketing teams actually do. Um, that, but at the same time, it's not being done in the most optimal way possible. Um, and what we're, we're going to talk about over the course of the day, over, over the course of the next half an hour, is perhaps some techniques and tips and ways which um, content marketing can be improved using some of the um, benefits of Scott's wisdom and other observations that we've had uh, between us. So um, that's the intro. Uh, also worth mention, me mentioning before I kind of introduce Scott properly is that we do content marketing training at B2B Marketing and uh, we, have, um, we have various sessions, one specifically on content marketing training. Next one's happening in July 2020. There's also one happening in October 2020, but check out the website for more information. So now I've done the kind of promo scene setting bit. Scott, welcome. Great to have you, to join, to have you joining us today. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. And what I would say is looks can be deceiving. And I think I have been around the B2B marketing space for quite a while. And content marketing has been called many things, but here's what we're calling it today. Well, that, that, that's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the um, uh, the, the emperor definitely does have new clothes in that respect, doesn't he? So um, I, I, before, I just wanted to, to kind of get a bit of sense of who you are before we kick into this. I mean, you're very well known in the industry anyway, but but for a, start, a starting point, you've got um, you've got the same job title I have, and I often think mine's mine's a bit uh, an odd one. I have to explain it to people. Can you explain what it, what it contextually means in IBM? Uh, it's a good it's a good job title. Uh, it does need a bit of explaining. It's one of the shorter ones I've had in IBM, um, so it's nice it's nice and snappy. Um, it comes from content marketing leader originally, um, then became editor in chief. Um, born principally from the fact we have a number of editor-in-chiefs in the US. Each of them looks after a part of the business, and it is very much a creative role that looks at the messaging, looks at the audience, pains, gains, etc. Um, we have an equivalent role, which is the one that I do in the geographies, which is um, making sure that the content which is being either originated in the US or originated in the local markets is totally fit for purpose. So I look across all of the business units, so that's the brands, and all of the markets, which are the countries in Europe, uh, ably assisted by a managing editor and a team of content marketers, and a kind of a federation of what we would call content guilds, which are interested parties in content, which are spread across the whole region. So editor-in-chief, short job title, very broad remit. Okay. Oh, and that's useful to understand. And I think it's there's a sub-conversation around, you know, we've been talking sometimes glibly about brands becoming publishers or, or, or you know, or content jour- journalistic skills within, within, pub, within brands. Having an editor-in-chief and a managing editor is, you know, indicative of how far that's gone so um so well i, I feel like I've, I've got a kindred spirit we're both editors in chief and it's like a different sense um and the point around internationalization that's something we're going to come and talk on a little bit later on because that was something which is a subject of or is a topic relevant to this whole uh, conversation um 
So the reason I've, uh, the kind of context for this, or the, perhaps the, the backstory to this is that um, recently we ran a, a B2B marketing leaders round table um, on focused on global content marketing, which was sponsored by SDL. So we're, we're grateful for SDL support for that. And we had um, a lot of content marketers from global companies coming together and talking about the challenges and issues that they felt. And on the back of that, I wrote a blog, um, which Scott, which Scott generally approved of, although I had some, some extra ideas to improve it. And I was very grateful for those. And um, we'll take on those on board. Um, and I think what we wanted to do today was to talk about um, just a, a talk few. I made ten points in that blog, and I made it um, a kind of a, a listicle just to make it very easy to access, easy to easy to read, easy to access. The best kind of content from my point of view. Um, and um, I wanted to talk through five of those points, which hopefully kind of encapsulate uh, the, the major discussion. But Scott, I mean, first of all, uh, I mean, I personally, I was I was surprised actually at um, the extent to which in so many of these household name companies, actually the the kind of formalization of it as a discipline whilst they were doing lots of content it was still felt like um it, it wasn't as disciplined as it could have been and sometimes it was kind of random acts of content would you agree i would i would and i'd say uh it's because who owns content and what is content varies by organization by individual understanding and i think um because different organizations approach it in different ways one way of everybody doing it is unlikely to kind of surface and everybody as a result is kind of reinventing the wheel um, what does content mean in our organization who does it how do we use it what are the tools we use um, there's a lot of people kind of finding their way and making this up so a lot of different answers to the same question okay i know there's no one size fits all but um I guess, I guess, that, and that's a very measured, nuanced response, you know. And, and by the way, just to reiterate, I think from the conversations that we had and the feedback from the other attendees, I think IBM probably at, at, the, at the, the the kind of more mature, developed end of the spectrum. But I guess I was just surprised that whilst there may be one one size fits, there isn't one size that fits all. I was surprised that people didn't even seem to know what their size was if yes. to continue the message stretch to breaking point yeah um, and i think that so. that comes down to the kind of the who owns it um i think particularly we're seeing you know is it sales that are producing content is it marketers that are producing content is it employees that are advocating something which are producing content you know defining what is covered by content and is it content marketing or is it marketing content it's it's you know that is the one i think we haven't really landed um, yeah. What is the difference between those two things? I think organizations that have a very clear definition of the two are probably slightly further down the road of cracking it in terms of a discipline. Um, yeah. But it's it's a tricky one. Okay. Well, when we come back to that one later, on, it's a very, very good question. And it's one of those things which I know you and I will get can get really excited about the kind of, um, well, I certainly the pedantry of it. I love a bit of pedantry, but but yeah, but we, we can explore that one in, in due course. So um, the first, the, we, we, we kind of went through the blog and looked at various points to cover. And the first one um, was kind of like more of a scene setter, really. And, the, and, and what I wrote here was, uh, the content avalanche is only gathering intensity. I mean, selfishly, I put this this term in because we ran a conference ten years ago now called the Content Avalanche, where it was apparent this was all happening. And and you know, and and I don't I don't want to claim to any great insight or soothsayer kind of tendencies, but it has just become this overwhelming weight of stuff that's being produced, you know, and so much volume of things and so many. And you know, you talk about in. I think there was a point where a few years ago we were talking to marketers having to persuade people in the organisation to write content. Now that's the opposite, probably. You're, you're nodding along there. Um, I'm 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 you, nodding you along because be- everybody uh, everybody can. Um, whether or not everybody should, 
is the real question. Um, IBM has a very, very kind of liberal approach to who can generate content, who can kind of have an opinion. Um, so we have a set of social computing guidelines, which are kind of like a formal set of instructions, if you like, that just give you the freedom as an employee to kind of share your thoughts and opinions on a variety of social networks. Um, that's kind of one end of the spectrum, the kind of the employee advocacy and opinion. Then at the top end, you've probably got the larger budget, big ticket items that the sort of the advertising and the corporate kind of team look at. And in between, you've got a spectrum. So you've got the big budget, medium budget, and then free for employees to kind of, you know, care and share about how you manage across that spectrum. Um, that's, I think, the real challenge that anyone in content marketing faces. And certainly listening to the other people around the roundtable last week, um, some I think have got a good handle on that, um, some less so. And I think if you're in an organization that's um, geographically distributed, it gives you an extra challenge because really making sure you're relevant locally and then maybe controlling how that is produced centrally, that takes a fine balance. Yeah, and I guess the challenge is you've got to, um, you know, now we've, the penny is, well, the penny dropped a while ago that, that content is critical because of this inbound world we live in. Um, you can't just tell people to shut up, can you? You've got to actually, um, for all kinds of reasons, uh, you've got to cultivate the right behaviour but um, and uh, propagate the right things. And I guess there's only... You can't manage. Ev- can you manage everything? I mean, no. it's, it's not possible. You can't. You can't. You can. You can wish to manage everything, but I think if you did manage everything, everything would probably end up being very um, lowest common denominator content. Um, there's, there's kind of, I guess, a bit of an equation that I would look at for this. The thing that we really all want to be is relevant, um, and being relevant, I think, is three things. It's have you got the right quality. Are you being kind of consistent and authentic as a as a brand? And are you being timely? And it's the sort of the way that you make it able for people to produce content at the very sort of lo-fi personal level and balance that with what are you saying at a corporate kind of big budget level? Um, the, the sort of the group of content marketers in IBM are called the IBM Originals. Um, and we have a mantra of make less matter more. And I think if we always kind of look at that with whatever we're doing, if we actually think, yeah, this really is making less matter more, we know we're doing the right thing. If we think, mm, no, this is going a little bit off piste and getting towards that avalanche, bad pun, um, then we know it's not quite working. Um, and that's, I think, what we really try and do. I think that's a very a beautifully simple way of looking at it. Um, one of the things that I was, and, and you know, I think less is more. Less is more is definitely the mantra we should all be going for. One of the, things, the words that I thought was really interesting that was used in the in the roundtable was was the word throttle, and throttle's got two kind of meanings. They, they come from the same Russian. There's there's the throttle a motorbike, which is a very positive, accelerating thing, and there's this throttle someone has in a kind of strangulation thing. I don't know how the individual concern was using that, whether he's using one or the other. It might have been both, but but there is there's definitely a um that's a that, that's an interesting nuance to apply to it you know you want to be able to give people the and i guess that the word enable is almost overused in marketing at the moment but actually you're seeking to enable people to do the right things rather than stopping them doing the wrong things necessarily yes yeah i throttle is is you know it is a charm um i it struck me when they brought it up as well there's also kind of like you know on a motorbike you've got a throttle and you've got a brake um and i think kind of if you're in content marketing you're probably accused of being the throttle 
as in the throttle the neck can pull back on things, when really that's just the sensitive use of a brake, or we'd like to think, um, it comes down to, I think, kind of how much can you enable people so that they can do the right thing, they can be consistent, um, but in a way that's going to make sense and they're not going to all be trying to do it at the same time. Um, I think what we've seen certainly around kind of COVID recently is everybody kind of wanted to share an opinion. Everybody wanted to share the right opinion and do something that was very sensitive and everyone wanted to do it all at the same time. And trying to manage um, all of that concurrently was and remains pretty tricky because, like you say, you don't want to throttle people so that nothing goes out. Um, but you certainly want to make sure that the right stuff goes to the right people and comes back to that point of relevance. You know, it's got to be relevant. Don't all be sort of charging out with everything, because even if it's the best thing and it's useful, just the volume of it becomes unhelpful. And, and again, getting that right, pretty tricky. Yeah. Yeah, very tricky. And I guess it's always, always about refining and moving the diet, moving the needle to try and find the right place. Um, okay, that's a great starting point. So we've got, we've got four other points to get through. So that's one of the five we're going to do. The next one really was about, came really apparent, um, you know, it's content distribution is much a problem as content creation, if not more so. You know, I kind of went into the roundtable assuming we talk about the creative aspect. I didn't realize the distribution bit would be such a problem. And that particularly was magnified. I mean, of course, it's a problem. Of course, it's an issue. But it really became magnified when you start talking about global content because you've got multiple languages, multiple units operating on different levels. Um, and there is a kind of um, a perhaps I don't, i'm not applying this to ibm necessarily but in a lot of organizations there appears to be a love-hate relationship between a central corporate marketing function and the the more field oriented operations so how you balance that locally created content and um globally created content or and, and use the best part the best bits and the best best places i feel like a real, real challenge but i think you guys are doing a quite you've got quite a good structure for this is that correct i'd i'd say that's where we've done the most work in the last probably six to nine months um historically um markets were i think far um more readily able to kind of go to market if you like with whatever they wanted to create and getting your arms around that centrally from a kind of corporate perspective was really really challenging i think two things that we've done in the last um sort of six to nine months have have definitely helped. Um, number one is the tooling. Uh, so we have one content production platform called Gapost, and pretty much the majority now of our content goes through that. So everyone uses the same workflow. Everyone has visibility of what everybody else is doing. It gives you a really good way of getting some consistency, getting some visibility, getting a sense of the volume that is happening kind of across the board. Um, the second thing is we've gone very heavily on something called co-creation, which means instead of something being created centrally and arriving in a market and being a bit of a surprise and the market probably saying, well, I'm not sure I can really do something with it or I can do something with it, but I need to change it or I didn't invent it. So I'm going to reinvent it, even if it might have been quite useful. Um, a lot of that happened. What we've now got is a group of people that are called the Content Guild. So a content guild will have product marketing, performance marketing, uh, campaign <laughs> marketing, field marketing, pretty much anyone within a marketing kind of remit and the occasional seller to make sure we've got a, a proper kind of mix. We'll all be involved from the sort of the creative strategy, the content strategy into content production and getting into market. So when something arrives, 
it's something that people have seen kind of in generation and production it's not a surprise so people are like yeah it's going to work for my market because i was involved at the design stage it hasn't just arrived as a big surprise and that is what i think is making the biggest difference at the moment central tooling co-creation and and that that that, um relationship and this wasn't a point we're going to make but actually that was one of the things that came down the list is actually the relation that the involvement with sales within the creation process which uh obviously it wasn't wouldn't typically be the case you know there's a typically be kind of clear lines between we build it over there and you send and you you use it over there um so so that's very much part of it's in it's kind of it's guess it's along the lines of the agile kind of teams where everyone's flexibly playing a role and and um it feels very much part of the methodology which i've heard about from ibm so um was it painful to get to that point um i'd say we're still getting to that point so it's it's been um like we always say it's been a bit of a journey um we kind of divide the organization up into lots of different ways. So within our own kind of content structure, we have the notion of themes and conversations. So each theme and conversation has been sort of finding its way to build its guild, create its content, deliver its strategy, um, which has meant that those kind of units have become, some of them close knit families, some slightly less functional families, um, but everybody is kind of going to get there. The, the big charm, I think, over the next few months And certainly what we've done a lot more of recently because of kind of COVID is that really closer integration with sales. I'd say to the point of, you know, do we need to be called marketing? Do we need to be called sales? Do we need to be called field? Do we need to be, you know, is the name radically important? Because ultimately, now that particularly we're all working virtually, we're all kind of after the same outcome and we can all help each other get there. It's not so much the relay race that it was. It's now a bit more of a three-legged race. Um, and in fact, I was talking to Shane Redding not that long ago and saying, I think we're getting into a bit of a, a brangelina of sales and marketing where they're becoming almost one unit, which we all know oil and water that sales and marketing have been historically is like, will we finally crack it now? Well, it, it sounds like it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, if we if we had the kind of um, the ability to finally address that chasm which has existed. So, um, well, 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 you know, great to hear you guys are pretty pushing forward with that. Um, that's that sounds like a, a absolutely the direction we're heading in. Um, so, I'm going to move us on to the kind of third of the five points we're going to talk about, and that was that content tech deployment is, is in its infancy. And yet again, you know, we we, you know, we sit here every day. We hear about this wealth of con- of, of Martech that is out there, new solutions popping up all the time. You know, how many was it in Scott Brinker's latest piece? You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of applications. Um, we're all being kind of guilted into thinking we should be using more of them. And if only we were more tech savvy, if only we were more data savvy, we could do more stuff with them. Um, and yet. Again, in terms of the, the 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 use of technology for this objective within the group we're talking about, it was a remarkably low. And actually, I anecdotally have had that validated by someone who runs a um, a, a content platform, um, a, a, a kind of a fast emerging content tool, as the guys at SDL as well. So it feels like whilst there's a lot of solutions out, there, not not a lot of people are necessarily using it. However, once again, IBM felt like they, they, you guys have put a lot of thought into this. Can you tell us a little bit about your kind of infrastructure that you use? Yeah, so the, there's there's probably two principal ones. The principal one for content production is Kapost. Um, so everybody is on one now, on one instance of it. Um, we've kind of learned how this has worked. So originally, each brand was on their own kind of version or tailored use of the platform. 
Um, that ended up being lots of different ways to do the same thing, which added more complexity than it solved. Um, so now we've gone into kind of like a one standard way of everybody doing it. Um, the trade-off is sometimes something is more complex than it might really look like it needs to be because it needs to kind of suit the most complicated part of the business because everyone is working kind of the same way. So the, the trade-off with consistency is sometimes more complexity than immediately obvious. Um, and I think kind of working through that and how can you make something as easy to use and simple as possible whilst meeting the most complicated need in the organization. We're still working on that. Haven't cracked that yet, but it's, you know, that's if we can do, and I think hopefully we will do, that really is the charm. The big thing it gives you is the visibility because you can see what is being produced kind of across the board. Yeah. Um, the other tool is seismic. So the sales side of the house, um, a little bit back to the relay race, kind of takes content out of Kapost once it's finished and we've kind of produced it, distributed it, and it's in the world. Um, that then becomes an input into Seismic, which is what sellers can then use to kind of choose what's appropriate material that they want to curate, they want to tailor, they want to personalize, and then they want to use within their activities. So we're kind of on a, not quite so much a convergence course, but kind of how can we really marry those two things together? Um, because from our experience, my experience, there's not one platform that does all of that. Um, yeah. It's not been the easiest of journeys. Um, it has mean, meant that people have had to kind of conform to one way of doing it. Comes back to that throttle idea again. You know, is this slowing things down? Is it restricting flexibility and freedom? And again, it goes back to that kind of, you know, the three things that build to relevance. Are you doing something that's quality? Are you doing it consistently? And is it timely? And I think if you've got one tool, it's certainly going to help you with those three things. It's not going to make those three things happen, but mm. it's definitely an enabler. Yeah, I, I, there's always, I suppose there's always a bit of pushing people into doing things the way that might not necessarily want to do them with technology. Um, so it's interesting to understand your, your the, the journey that you've been on and the fact that you've it's, it's proven useful, but you're definitely not a kind of perfect state yet. There's still lots more work to do. Um, so, yeah, and I, th I think that I guess that there's a lot more exploration of this is going to happen. It feels like not enough. That there's, there's more productivity gains that can be had in terms of tech deployment and content. I'm going to move on because I'm mindful that we've um, that we, we've been having a really good chat and have gone through quite a lot. We've only on the third of our of our fourth, or four, third of our five rather. The fourth one really was, um, and you've touched on this a bit earlier on, is but better management can't be at the expense of relevance and creativity. So, you know, we set up this kind of notion that. Um, content isn't, you know, there's much that could be done to manage content better to kind of um, to create throttle as a positive and to enable things and to create cl clarity and management about what people can do, what they should do and all that kind of stuff. Um, the danger of all that, obviously, is it just it becomes a, a you know, it, it throttles in the negative sense what people are doing. Um, and and, and you, I think you were very clear, as was, was various other members of the group, that creativity and relevance and creativity is a, is a means towards the end, which is relevance uh, are, are critical. And having that kind of journalistic ear to the ground is really important, which goes back to your job title. I'd, I'd contend you know, editor in chief. That, would you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, the, this is, this is the bit where if you centralize too far, um, you run the risk that you haven't got the sort of the ear to the ground. You haven't got people locally finding the stories. You haven't got the curiosity to go and kind of investigate something. Um, that's the thing I would love to kind of see us do even more of. 
um, to make sure, you know, if you've got a slick system in the sort of the back office, it gives you the flexibility to be a little bit more kind of, you know, out on the beat, if you like, really ear to the ground, finding the stories, being a bit curious, um, being a little bit more investigative so that we really make the content interesting and compelling. Um, I'm not really seeing anyone doing a great job of this in B2B yet. I think what might be good is in kind of comments on the podcast, if people have got some ideas, they think, you know, this really is great journalistic content marketing examples. Let's let's hear those. Let's see those. Let's kind of have a bit of a conversation about them, because I, I think that is going to be a really interesting area for content marketing going forward. And I think that's that's when we get into that. Is it content marketing or is it marketing content? You know, if it's marketing content, then it's just the way that we do what we always did and we just call it something different. If it's content marketing, it really is telling a story. It really is the journalistic approach. It is the bring the brand, the product, the service to life and share the experience with the people that are using it and, and share that. And is there, would you argue that, would you, would you, it feels to me like there's, there's room for, for marketing content and content marketing. You know, there's room for stuff that is probably more workmanlike, um, perhaps certainly later, further on down the funnel, perhaps more personality orientated. Um, but, you know, you have to have some of the more dynamic, aspirational, high-end content as well. Or do you think you should be trying to just get rid of all that stuff, that other, other stuff gradually? I think all of that other stuff is useful. It's Again, it comes down to that relevance. You know, when you're kind of prospecting for something, you're not really sure where you are, what you're wanting to consume is different than you've actually got it or you're about to buy it. And you really want to know, how does this thing work? You know, what are the nuts and bolts? How do I tailor it uniquely? Or I've got it. It's not doing what I thought it would do. Who else has had it? How do I fix it? How do I get some support with it? It's, you know, it's what is relevant is going to change depending on where you are in the kind of the purchase and you know, utilization life cycle, for want of a better word. Um, so it's yeah. it's all relevant. It's just making sure you've got the right thing at the right time to do the right thing. Okay. And the last point uh, was um, that COVID-19, I thought it was really clear for everybody. And a, a lot of, I was really encouraged by the extent to which a lot of people already completely agreed with this and already making strides was the fact that COVID-19, whilst it's obviously um, a, you know, tremendous, uh, tremendously awful situation in many ways, um, and can be very tragic has created an inflection point and opportunity for people to to, to to do things differently to stop doing some things to speed up change um, and to explore new new, new techniques and technology etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and you're nodding furiously so you'd agree with that I mean, is oh, there anything, yeah, yeah. Um, as IBM have you done anything differently in, in the context of this so I think it's it's everyone has kind of wanted to do the right thing um, everyone's wanted to be kind of as helpful as possible. I think in a time of crisis like we're in, everyone is very mindful that they really want to kind of collaborate. They want to do the best. They want to be helpful. Um, so I think we've gone from the very competitive, you know, you've got a quota, you've got a target, you're going to go out, and you're going to get it. Whether or not that means you've got a competitor in your own organization or another competitor, you're not so mindful. You know, the blinkers are on, you're out to kind of get the quota. Um, I think what COVID's done is sort of said to people like, you know, how relevant really are you in the market? What are you offering that's helpful and useful? And I think what it's meant is organizations have looked at themselves and said, right, let's really be thoughtful about how we can help. And rather than just sort of, you know, squashing everybody with everything that we've got, 
let's be thoughtful. Let's be, you know, conscientious. Let's have a conversation and, and ask, you know, how can we help? What is it that you need? Now let's go away and get that right thing for you. And I think certainly from IBM and the, the work we've done um, in the last few weeks and months has been the proximity of marketing and sales um, and really making sure it's a collaborative thing um, that gets the right thing into the right hands of the right people at the right time. Um, and I think that that is only going to be benefit all of us going forward. Yeah, I, I, you, can't, you can hardly fail to agree. Um, it's interesting that on a, on a broader kind of marketing level, um, there has been a COVID's created opportunity for marketers to really change things, do things differently, quite profoundly change what behaviours are taking place. But it feels like, um, and, and it's almost a crisis which you can exploit. Whereas in this instance, it feels more like, a, more like an opportunity um, just to stop just to stop some areas of bad practice and it really highlights good practice. So it's, it's a lower level transformation, but it's still an important one. And, and um, I, like I said, I was, in, I was enthused by the fact that people recognize it as such and were trying to utilize the, the opportunity and to, to, to just to make their content output much better. I mean, I, I left it feeling like whilst I understood that um, much more about the challenges facing content marketers in global organizations, um, and I was there were there were more challenges than I believed there would be. I was felt, felt optimistic about the future. Would, you know, how, how did you feel at the end of it? Definitely, uh, same thing. I think I think this has kind of made everybody um, pause for a moment, um, look carefully. You know, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How can we do this kind of the best way? I think it was a really good roundtable in terms of literally sharing experience. Um, because everybody is sort of trying to get this solved various different ways. And it was really interesting to see that different shapes of organization um, all have pretty much fundamentally the same challenge. And there isn't really been one right way of doing it. But I think everyone came away with a few, actually, yeah, if we looked at this slightly differently, or if we gave that a bit of a try, um, we might end up with a better outcome. So a really useful roundtable. So again, thanks thanks for the invite to that. Well, Scott, you're absolutely welcome. And I'm so pleased you could join us, join me today for this session as well. It's been great to kind of review some of those points and, and trying to put them into context and, hear, and understand them within the framework of what you've been doing at IBM. So um, so that's really cut to the end of the kind of five points I wanted to cover today. Um, just a quick reminder, I wanted to thank SDL for the round table, which they, they sponsored um, and uh, their involvement there. I want to remind everybody that we, as I say, we have content marketing training courses. They, um, there's lots of ones that we run, but the specific ones on content, one's in July, one's in October. So I hope you can join us for those. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it was great to speak to you. You're welcome. Brilliant. Lovely to join you. And I hope you can join us again for another one soon, as do I hope everyone listening can as well. Um, we're going to be doing these regularly as we are our roundtable. So if you're a B2B, leading B2B marketer and you'd like to, or a senior B2B marketer, I should say, in a, in a, in a B2B organization, if you'd like to find out more about our uh, leaders program, please do drop me a line. I hope you can join us and I hope you get to listen to another one of these podcasts very soon. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.